Hello there, and welcome to Common Rider Double A, the podcast where this is one thousand percent the best podcast. I don't know about that. Listen, there is no other podcast as good as this podcast, and that is objective fact. I mean, according to whom, though? Anyway, we're uh, we watched Common Rider Zero One episode twenty. This is that is one thousand percent the best house. Aired January 26th, 2020, written by Yuya Takahashi and Hidenori Ishida. You know, the person that write and directed all of these episodes. So, the episode starts with Sumida getting restored after her episode of Rampancy. She gets an updated security program that will hopefully help uh, other Humagiras be protected from being connected to the Ark going forward. Assuming it works anyway. I mean, she didn't go rampant this episode, so I say 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Yeah. They definitely had, like, a moment where Aruto and the crew were worried she was going to. Like, they were all looking at her as she was reacting to something. It comes to the attention of both Arya Shiki's and Sumida's respective real estate agencies that a wealthy client named Oshiro is looking for a house, and he's willing to spend up to 500 million yen on it. At that point, I th- I think in American dollars, that's that converts to about 3 million? That can't possibly be right. I mean, I think that's right, because I know the general rule of thumb is to uh, just cut off two zeros, and you get a roundabout, you know... With, you know, big margin for error, the larger the money goes, but... Yeah, that converts to about over 3 million US dollars. Are there houses that cost that much? Because, like, that's fucked. That's absolutely fucked. I hate capitalism. Let me go onto Zillow.com and find you one. Uh, I just opened up Zillow and I found one uh, in Miami Beach for 170 million. A hundred... I quit. I'm quitting this. I'm quitting my job. I'm quitting this podcast. I'm quitting this planet. I'm. I'm just leaving. I. I don't know how, but I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gone now. Here's an aerial view. That's not a house. That's three houses and an attached park. That's. eh, That's more like a compound that a cult would live out of. I was going to say superhero, but yeah, cult also works. Like a new age group that may cultivate marijuana or something. The buildings themselves look like extremely plain in a way that I was not expecting. God, those those look like some of the buildings around here. And I live in the fucking sticks. Oh, this kitchen is incredibly shiny, though. Uh, also, I will remind our uh, my fellow hosts that this is, in fact, an audio medium. Yeah, uh-huh, I know. I'll post a link. <laughs> so, needless to say, Oshiro is looking to spend up to 500 million yen on a house, and needless to say, whoever sells this man a home worth about that much will be the winner of this round be- between uh, Zaya and Hidden Intelligence. It's a big-ass payday. After the OP, both parties are meeting with Oshiro. In light of his wife's passing, he's trying to bring his family together in a house large enough to host himself. 
his three sons and their families. Okay, so we need to talk about what he means by hosting the his three sons and their families. They're not going to live with him. It's so like when they want to visit, they can come over. See, the thing is, that's definitely what they intended, as I learned throughout the rest of the episode. I definitely did think he meant live with him. That's what I thought as well, yeah. I mean, I, I think if it was live with him, he would have taken Arya Shiki's uh, house. Because that would be like a house you could live in with like 10 people. Yeah, my first thought was Samita's house was so small. It was a cabin, yeah. Yeah, completely isolated from the outside world. Easy for the rest of Sumire's team to come in, kidnap him, and hold him ransom for the rest of his money. So Sumire actually is still in her dark singularity. It's just that she's hiding it better and is coming up with more complex plans. I was genuinely expecting there to be like a surprise because he wanted to do the thing. Like, that is actually good for me as opposed to for the money. I'm still going to give you a bunch of money. I mean, you don't become a big capitalist by giving away money. You take it, you, you become a big capitalist by taking money. Yeah, but he could have been less of a parasite at the end. <laughs> I love how you're, I love how we're just fucking dunking on this old man who misses his wife. Anyway. Aryashiki continues being an asshole during this meeting by mentioning Sumida's rampant episode. Later, Fua confronts Hirobi with footage of the hooded figure. Not much else to say there. I know there's not much else to say, but it's a good scene. And I, like I said last episode, everything with Fua and Hirobi is fucking superb. Like, he holds up this, like, glitchy, like, screenshot of a camera that does not have any identical features of the hooded figure, and just shouts to Hirobi, Who is this? Is this part of your organization? How can I know if I can't see their face? And Fua just gets pissed off. It's very good. I'm sorry, officer, that is a cell phone. That is not a person. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Sumida finds a house for Oshiro, though it's more like a shack worth 29 million yen. Its sale value is pretty measly compared to the property Aryashiki has lined up. Arto asks Sumida to find a property worth more, but she doesn't quite understand the idea of prioritizing profits over the customer's happiness. It's nearly 200,000 US dollars. God, I wish I had 200,000 US dollars. I also wish I had 200,000 US dollars. Hey, everyone, if you want to give us 200,000 US dollars, subscribe to our Patreon. For the 200,000 tier, we will, in fact, go to your house and punch you. Not me. I'm going to get bottom surgery. You kidding me? (laughs) Okay, Cassidy will get bottom surgery. We'll wait for her to recover from the surgery, and then we'll go to your house and punch you. We can't can't flake out on our responsibilities, Cassidy. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh... So, the Carpenter Humagear from last time. Uh, Saikyo, I believe his name was. I I just thought of him as Chief, because that's just what everyone called him. He heads over to the shack to renovate it and and repair it. But Aryashiki is laying in ambush, and he ends up assaulting the Carpenter. And at first, it's kind of great, because the Carpenter just doesn't give a fuck when when Aryashiki punches him. What was that? 
It was so good. This ends up instigating a connection to the Ark that turns him into a mammoth magia. Yeah, I, I, I would like to point out the line that Arya Shiki said, which is, stop trying to take humans' jobs. <laughs> I took his job. I kind of like this because it sort of starts cementing the issue with Humagears in that they're starting to be treated like the way immigrants are treated in you know, our world. And it's like a theme that is going to continue throughout the rest of the show. I'm glad they're sort of introducing it and sort of pushing this beyond the way it was before, where it was just like a fear of technology rather than a fear of the other. So Fua just happens to be hanging out in the forest uh, where this is going down. He gets a call notifying him of Magia activity. He rushes over as Aryashiki transforms into the Whale Raider. Fua comes in and demands to know how Aryashiki got the Raid Riser. When Aryashiki doesn't really answer, Fua henshins and joins the melee. Amatsu comes in too, henshins into Thouser, and destroys the Mammoth Magia with a punching cog-infused jacking break. It's been a while since we've seen ja- or, uh, uh, punching Kong. It's been a minute. I missed him. To add insult to injury, Aryashiki ends up destroying the shack. I I hope after the end of this episode, he goes to jail for... He needs to go to jail. For vandalism, yeah. Okay, no, it's not vandalism if you destroy an entire building. That's more than vandalism, Adam. I'm pretty sure that's destruction of property. Oh, is it not the same thing? No. It might even possibly be terrorism. I'm not sure. Vandalism is like graffiti. Yeah, like, Aryashiki, like, destruction of property, aggravated assault, uh, reckless endangerment. Like, he needs to go down. And, like, I know fuck the police, but, like, let's let's just put, let's just have the police go on this guy and send him to jail. Later. Fua is sharing what he's learned with Aruto, Izu, and Sumida. With Aryashiki and Amatsu using underhanded methods, Izu recommends calling off the competition. Fua says that he and Ames are going to arrest Aryashiki, but Aruto pleads with Fua to wait until the competition is over. Fua reluctantly agrees, and Aruto then gets an idea on how to restore the destroyed home. It's a fun little scene there where, like, the uh, thinking Humagear sound is playing, and then it gets the, uh, like, done sound when he comes up with the idea. Yeah, it's like a microwave finishing or something. When, when the series first started, I was really into the theory that Aruto was a Humagear, who, like, was raised to act human. But, you know, they disprove that. and But I still like that because it reminds me of better days. Also, God, they they really do need to just straight up arrest this man and call off the competition. By the way, Cassidy is spamming very expensive houses in the middle of the woods to us. <laughs> this one has a funny shape. It is. It's kind of like a H, but the top left corner of the H is sort of not there. And there's also a pool. It's got multiple roofs. It's got so many fucking roofs. It's sort of emulating a pagoda, but... 
Yeah, that's the reason I started looking at it. I was like, did someone build a fucking pagoda in the middle of Connecticut? You know, for all those Shinto worshippers in Connecticut. Wants you to buy it for $3.2 million. No, it'd be a little over budget, but... I think that I think that they that they, that could be it within the guy's budget. I think you know if we convince him this is the right house for him, he'd be willing to go a little over budget. But uh, uh, what I wanted to bring up is, I I get like this isn't an actual complaint to have with the episode because I get the character motivations for it, but don't continue the competition. Like you've already admitted that you're going to lose because. You, you're not, you know, getting that last deal be, you know, worth a lot. But don't validate Aryashiki's cheating because that's what you're doing. You're saying, yes, you can cheat and we won't reprimand you or do anything because we believe in a ill-conceived idea of fairness and honor. And no, if somebody fucks with you, fuck with them right back. Like... Ruin this man's life. Make it so he can never work in the real estate business ever again. Don't play on his terms. That they refuse to do so is just kind of the the whole honor before reason mentality. And it, uh, it honestly, Zaya should have lost both these rounds by default. Yeah, they, they cheated. Like, in the first one, even without any of the Magia or Raider stuff... The uh, the flower guy cheated by going up to the other uh, contestants and sabotaging hers her thing by putting a flower in her. Oh, that is a beautiful house! By putting a flower in her uh, bouquet and being like, "That'll make it better." No, and it didn't, and it was decided that was the one. The one factor that secured his victory yeah yeah and then we have aryashiki destroying multiple buildings to ruin her and then assaulting her in the streets in a very uncomfortable metaphor and just come on fuck him i know it's a kid's show but really could uh i don't know i mean the thing is it's not because it's a kid's show that they're doing it but like they have the option to arrest him and like they decide to hold off on arresting him until you know Fua sort of enters the dreamscape and runs into an endless void yeah that was weird we'll get to that I love honestly I love that scene (laughs) so cut to the house the one Sumida is trying to sell and we see that the carpenter has has been rebuilt five times over there is a Super Sentai team's worth of copies of the Carpenter now. And they all have different personalities. Do they? Or do they just have different colors? No, like when they're speaking, they all have different mannerisms. And then at the end, when they pose, they all do a different pose. Like the one on the far left, the purple one, like, you know, puts up his drill. So it looks like it's a finger, you know, shushing uh, his lips and then just points his ass out in like a sort of a sexy koi pose. I don't know. I didn't like notice a distinct. Like, yeah, they did different poses and they talk a little differently. But I don't. I don't know if that's enough to say they have different personalities. Well, agree to disagree. 
Sumida goes on to explain her rationale for choosing to sell Oshiro this particular house. It's an intimate space for Oshiro and his family, and a larger home would be difficult to maintain for a man his age, even though he could probably afford hired help. Yeah, but he doesn't want it. Like, he's just tired and just wants to be with his family. He doesn't want some random-ass butler-made person to, like, be in his home. And it's like, no, no. That's why he's moving out of this building. Also, he... Does Oshida Oshida own that entire building? Like, damn, I fucking hate rich people. (laughs) I don't think he owns the entire building. I think he only owns, like, the top suite. No, because, like, I I think that's his building, though. Like, I don't know why. I just get a vibe, and I don't know if it's something that was said. That Could I don't... be, like, an office building, yeah. too. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it is, like, an office building that he owns for whatever, like, he probably does arms dealing. For, like, his arms dealing corporation. And, like, he just lives on the top floor, which he turned into a residential space with his wife. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm creating a backstory for this man who, honestly, is a sweet old man who misses his wife. He's just kind of lonely with his wife having passed, but and he's also supplies you know military arms to you know several nations in order to sow chaos and continue his uh, business. Turns out he was the CEO of World Marshal, and Raiden is going after him. No, not that Raiden. The other one. The one from Mortal Kombat? No, the one from Metal Gear. Oh, that's the one that I thought you meant. And then when you said no, the other one, I got confused. <laughs> no, I, th- when I, <laughs> I meant I was trying to differentiate the Raiden in this show from the Metal Gear Raiden. Uh, Wait, there was a, oh, right, Ikazuchi's OG name was Raiden, right? Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of Raiden from Mortal Kombat going after the Metal Gear Solid villains. Uh, that's an exquisite meme. Anyway. Uh, later, Arto is ruminating on Amatsu's earlier remark that a CEO who can't help his company prosper is worth less than 1%. He talks to Izu a bit and kind of reflects on his role as Hidden Intelligence's CEO. Yeah, Izu tells him that basically... The CEO is the final decision maker and that his actions determine the path that the company will take. I really like this scene. And honestly, this I think that like I'm just gonna say it now, I think this episode was pretty good compared to the past three. And even though I have my, you know, complaints about just, you know, arrest Ariyashiki. I think a lot of the character writing and a lot of the plot stuff is done pretty well. Like, I, I think this is just sort of a shining gem in this uh, arc. It's fine. It's just the the tediousness is going to get to me, I think, with with how these episodes are structured. Anyway, the next day is the last day of the competition, or this round thereof. Fua is keeping surveillance on Aryashiki, but he gets diverted when the hooded figure, or Naki as their name is, shows up. Oshiro announces the home he selected, and it Sumida's. When Aryashiki demands to know why, Oshiro explains that Sumida put his happiness and that of his family before making a profit, 
and Ari Shiki storms out. Uh, Adam, can I take this next part? Because I love it. So Fua, you know, chases after Naki into an abandoned building. And Naki's like fading in and out of reality, basically. And Fua just starts having a psychotic, like a psychic attack done upon him before he ends up chasing Naki into a void and out of this episode. And it's so good and creepy. And does Naki have psychic powers? Is that the implication here? I think the implication is that Fua got put in a Firefly Funhouse mask. <laughs> Exit stage left, pursued by Fua. Bray Wyatt's going to show up and remove John Cena from existence. Oh, he, he, I've been watching the pay-per-views lately, or the premium events, as they insist being called, and Bray Wyatt just came back. I heard. It was pretty wild. It's a shame that he did not permanently lock John Cena in the hell dimension. <laughs> they never addressed that going forward from what I understand. They just, John Cena just kind of disappeared from existence. and For like a year. They never addressed it, it ever again, and I'm disappointed. And but he just came back. He, he was filming the Fast and Furious movie, so you know he had to take a little hiatus. He had to get trapped in the dark dimension by Bray Wyatt. God, I would love it, now that I guess Bray Wyatt is back, if him and John Cena just sort of ended up in a match together, and John Cena just pointed at him and said, You locked me in the dark dimension for a year! You're going down! I don't know what John Cena's voice is, so I just sort of did a... I don't even know what I did. You do like a normal voice. That's normal. I know. I, I'm not good with voices. And I'm especially not good with voices when I panic. I think John Cena's voice is so normal that it's impossible to do like a uh, impression of. Kind of got a, a neutral American accent. I can't really identify it. He, he was grown in the lab and given the aggregate of all American accents, it's distilled into one. <laughs> He has that, that one line from the meme where he's just like, are you sure about that? That sounds like a video game NPC. Like, you're playing Metal Gear Solid, and you know, you're, you know, you're, ra- you're raiding, you're like, you know, shooting lightning everywhere. And then like, an NPC shows up and is like, are you sure about that? Hey. Yeah. Uh, while we're on wrestling, I, this may be a hot take, but I, I think all wrestlers, everyone's gimmick should be that they're a supernatural weirdo of some kind, like Bray Wyatt, Undertaker, Kane, etc. I, th- I just I just want a monster mash, nothing more, nothing less. Okay, I think that they should have leaned harder into Bray Wyatt's supernatural bullshit, but Vince McMahon was a coward and will always be a coward. He's out now, so... I know, but he can still be a coward. <laughs> I think he left a coward. Cowardice doesn't stop when you leave the battlefield. Like he 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 handed out, he left, he resigned from the board of directors or whatever after, I, I think it was in order to evade a lawsuit or something. I, I don't know. I'm probably wrong. Listen, he was a shitty human being and there's a lot of reasons why he would have had to leave the company. Yeah. Not in, not, I think not limited to, but possibly including sexual assault charges. Yeah. Um, but I do think that they should have had Bray Wyatt steal the Undertaker's powers when they retired the Undertaker, so that way he could be the new Undertaker. Oh, that would have been cool. Uh, my opinion on the Monster Smash thing is I think you'd need a few, you know, humans in the mix, so that way it's not just all, like, it provides, like, sort of 
differentiate differentiation between uh, wrestlers and sort of lets you have like shock value when you have a human against a monster, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, like Hotel Transylvania. I do not say blah, blah, blah. I've only just gotten into wrestling recently. A friend, a mutual friend of Anna's and, a, and mine is really into it and used to wrestle in a tiny promotion himself. And so I've been just hanging out with him and watching the premium events on Peacock every so often. He tricked me into thinking that his wrestling name was El Cartographer. And apparently that's like a joke from some sketch comedy show or something. But I didn't know that was a joke and he never said it was, you know, a reference to this you know, meme. And I just, for literal years, was like, yeah, my friend who, you know, wrestled as El Cartographer. <laughs> I mean, like, considering other names in wrestling, uh, it's completely reasonable. Like, Sami Zayn used to wrestle as El Generico. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not saying it's an unrealistic name, but apparently it's like a relatively big meme slash joke in wrestling. I don't know. And I was so, I've never heard of it. Yeah, but you're cool. When are we getting the Common Rider Wrestler series? We need that. Well, uh, want to know some fun facts? Okay, please, yeah. There's a wrestler who is really into Common Rider, where uh, when there's this, uh, there's this music video by Rider Chips, the Common Rider-based uh, idol group, about Common Rider V3. And the wrestler played Kamen Rider V3 in that video, beating up the monsters and rescuing the Rider Chip girls. And then he continued to act in Kamen Rider during the movies, where he would always be like the big strong guy of like the villain's posse of like three villains. Like to the point where like you'd just be like, oh, it's this guy again. I can't get enough of this guy. Anyways, Arya Shiki Raid Rises. Yeah, Fua chases Naki into Firefly Funhouse, and Arto, on the other hand, goes after Aryashiki and tries explaining stuff about Sumida and the potential of AI and stuff, but Aryashiki, being a sore loser, transforms into the Whale Raider. And attempts to assault a citizen of Japan. That's another, you know, thing for him to be arrested for. Unfortunately, the cop ended up trapped in hell with John Cena, so. <laughs> uh, so Aruto henshins into Shining Assault Hopper and defeats the Whale Rider. Actually, I I wanted to dissect the fight a little bit because Aruto, like, quickly hands him his ass and then, you know, stops before the final blow. Like, in honestly a very good sort of move when he ducks under the Whale uh, Raiders, like, big long axe stick thing and you know does his own hit then is about to shoot him with the uh uh salt buster and offers Ariyashiki his hand saying hey let's just stop this there's no need for this to happen then Ariyashiki tries to you know kill him again and Arto just rider kicks him into oblivion yeah well in case you didn't know Arto was the hero in all this Really, I was rooting for Aryashiki, the man who destroyed so many buildings and assaulted so many people. But yeah, Aryashiki gets 
knocked out of his transformation and he remembers the better parts of his life as a kid with his family living in cramped quarters. He, having been humbled, he concedes defeat and ends up complimenting Sumida on her sale. It's a hell of a house. Uh, some some good cinematography when he remembers the good parts and not just the you know pain of living in a one-room apartment with six people with no bathroom. And he go like he starts remembering the good times and it turns to color. I like that. That was a nice little touch. Nice job, Ishida. But then Hamatsu, having to put a damper on everything, walks up with Yua and proclaims that Zaya still won this round of the competition. And that is the episode. Thing is, it shouldn't be a surprise if they lost, because they, they went into this knowing they were going to lose, because Arto said, hey, if you sell that house, it's not going to be enough to make up the, you know, difference in profits. And, you know, Sumire goes, uh, well, is profit all that needs to happen? And Arto has his, you know, spirit journey. But they knew. They knew that they weren't going to win no matter what. Which makes it very dumb. I feel like the house should have ended up costing him more because of all the renovations they did to it, though. They could have charged more for the same house. Or they could have, you know, fined uh, Ariyashiki and his profits for all the construction work they had to do. There's a lot of ways that heat and intelligence could have came out of this with a win, but here we are. And I'm going to make a complaint because this is the most boring way to do a three out of five competition in fiction. Having the villain win two in the beginning, then the heroes are going to have to win two two at the end because otherwise it won't go to all five. And then the last one is going to be, you know, whichever one the plot wants to win. I mean, maybe uh, they'll, Zaya will just win the first four and then Amatsu, in a moment of cockiness, just alters the parameters of the competition and says, if you just get this one Arto, then you win. And- yeah, but that means we have like another four episodes of this for a total of eight episodes of the heroes just losing. In my opinion, the sort of best way to do these like best of three things in fiction is have uh, one side win the first one, other side wins the next two, then one side wins the fourth one, the first side wins the fourth one, and then the last one is for the hero or villain to win. That, that way, like for, and like, you know, either the hero can start off good, then, you know, lose two in a row, or the villain start off good, then loses two in a row. You have the tension of it being pretty even for most of it, and being like, oh, who's going to win? And then, in, in the fourth one, it's a, oh, God, if, you know, we win this one, then it's finally over. And then, you know, the crash of, oh, we didn't win this one. And then you have the final climactic piece. I, instead, by doing two wins in a row for one side, you know that just based on the way stories work, it has to go to the fifth one. So the other team is going to win the next two. Right. Well, we're moving on to episode ratings. Starting with Writer of the Week, this is the character or aspect of the production which we felt had the best showing for this episode, and I'm giving mine to the shot of the Super Sentai Carpenters. I'm torn, because Sumire didn't do too much this episode, at least like not as compared to last episode where she was like 
a main character for in this one. She was like a she was a part part of it, but not the biggest part. But I think I want to give it to Sumide or Sumida. <gasps> she did it. She corrected herself. Shut up. And I think she was a very important character, and she sort of keeps Aruto from going to the quote-unquote dark side, because Aruto has never really been concerned with profits. He's been more concerned with the ideology behind hidden intelligence. However, because of this competition, and specifically this specific uh, you know battle, where the goal is to maximize profits, he, sort, he was sort of slinking into, we need to make more money. Hey, Sumida... How come you aren't, you know, doing the thing that'll make us the most money? And Tamita shuts him down saying, is what a company is focused on, should that be profits or should it be, you know, sort of an ideal? You know, with her selling houses with a smile and Aruto's take off towards a dream. And I think I like that. And I think it really did hit Aruto considering he had an entire scene contemplating what is a CEO. Um, I don't fucking know who to give it to. You could give it to Aryashiki. He's like the only one in this episode that like does a bunch of stuff, but he does a bunch of shitty stuff that sucks. And isn't even successful at it. I mean, he technically won. <laughs> I mean, he's going to go to jail after this, but he technically won. Uh, I guess I'll give it to Fua or something. I don't know. So we are now moving on to Tarot Corner. This is where I assign a tarot card that I feel has symbolic relevance to something within this episode. And I'm giving the Five of Swords to Aryashiki. This card might actually be kind of perfect for the job competition arc as a whole, since according to the tarotguide.com, it represents defeat, surrender, underhanded behavior, bullying, and aggression. And it seems we'll be treated to those concepts ad nauseum for the next several episodes. Anyway, we're we're giving the numerical ratings now. Uh, I, I'm g- giving it a six point five. I think that uh, these episodes are honestly pretty good with the character writing. And uh, as much as I'm mad about Aryashiki not getting arrested, I think that I'm fine with it. Because it's in character for the characters to want to win nobly, even if it's a bad idea. Uh, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I Honestly, the most interesting part of the episode, I think, was Bua chasing Naki into Firefly Funhouse. And, but even then, we didn't get much of that. Actually, can you drop mine back down to like the actual 60.4 that I said? 6.4, I think, is correct. I don't think 6.8 is right. 6.4 feels right. A functional episode, a better part two than the plant one, because the plant one was literally like just we do the same thing, but again. Whereas this one was, here's a new format for the episode that is the same concept as the last one, but making it more head-to-head specifically. Yeah. It made it like a direct versus rather than a we're both doing the same thing at the same time and whoever does it better wins yeah like, and that that slight differentiation between the two episodes makes it better than the plant episodes because the plant episodes were literally just all right well, now we're doing the same episode but again 
uh, by the way, like on the next on, it's like a trial episode. Imagine if it was the trial of Arya Shiki. Uh, but with that, we are moving on to plugs. Cassidy, what do you do on the internet? I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash madlobotanist. is M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-I-N-I-S-T. And you can also find me on Twitter at the same username. I do other podcasts, but um, not really right now. A lot of them are on hiatus. You could go listen to Prepod. That one's still going. We just aren't releasing episodes quickly. Right. So I have to keep making food for every episode because it's about making food. Uh, Anna, do you have anything you'd like to share? Uh, I don't have any plugs, but I would like to say watch the Netflix movie, uh, Do Revenge. It's very good. Cool. I haven't watched it, but I think people should watch Bob Zombie's The Monsters. Bob Zo- you You mean Rob Zombie? Bob is a nickname for Robert. Okay, but he, I thought he was known as Rob Zombie. He is, but Bob Zombie. Oh, all right. Is still technically correct. Okay. Uh, you could find us on Twitter at double underscore common. And that's about it. Time to show Henshin off into the distance. Cho? Hen? Sheen question mark? I love you saying question mark. <laughs>